Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. This is the Adweek Podcast, where we talk about marketing, media, technology, pop culture, because in the end, everything is an ad, especially this time of year, because it's it's Super Bowl season. Shannon, can you feel it? Yes, all over the place, all the time, even in my sleep. It is our annual Super Bowl preview episode. Lane, give uh, hit us with some like Super Bowl excitement music to get to get in the mood, to get fired up. Oh yeah. Now now I'm feeling it. Now I'm in the game. My head's in the game. My, my heart's in the game. And also in the game is Jameson Fleming, our agency's editor and one of the uh, key editors on all of our Super Bowl coverage. Jameson, thanks so much for joining uh, this episode. Thank you for having me. And funny you say that, Shannon, because about dreams, because every year I start having Super Bowl dreams at some point in January. And they started especially early for me this year. And it's kind of terrifying. I like... I don't dream about ads as much as I probably used to. I've been writing for Adweek for a very long time. And I think, you know, it's one of those things. I, I always think about when I was in line at the DMV once and the lady in front of me asked the the woman who worked there, like, do you dream about this at night? And she goes, ma'am, the second I walk out of here, I don't think about it again until I have to walk back in. <laughs> <laughs> And so maybe maybe I've just reached that point. But no, um, it is funny. This Super Bowl, as anyone listening can imagine, especially if you work at an agency that's that's doing Super Bowl work, but it really uh, dominates our lives for a solid month and uh, it dominates every conversation around advertising. There's a lot of other stuff going on. Uh, we may touch on some of that, but... Uh, Super Bowl, yeah. So today, uh, as I said, it's our annual tradition to just preview what we know. We record this on the Friday before our Super Bowl issue comes out. There is so much content in the Super Bowl issue. So much. It is Mm jam-packed. And there's still so much to come. Uh, We have so much we don't know. So keep a close eye, of course, on adweek.com. Over the next week, uh, Jameson's team, Shannon's team, everybody's going to be knocking out as many spots and analyses as we can. And then, of course, on Super Bowl Sunday, big plug, uh, keep an eye on Twitter, keep an eye on Instagram. Adweek is 
just firing nonstop uh, all night. Shannon's going to be on there. I'm going to be on there. We're all going to be posting our real-time reviews of every single ad uh, and, of course, commentary from us. If you can't get enough commentary in this podcast, you can get more on Twitter uh, from at Adweek and uh, all of us that it retweets. So with that... I'm just going to start. We've, we've, uh, Jameson and I have been covering this for a while. Shannon, is this your first or did you join Adweek right before the Super Bowl last year? This is my first official Adweek Super Bowl. Um, and boy, let me tell you, <laughs> I, if there's ever a time where you learn how the sausage gets made, it's as an Adweek editor during the Super Bowl, it is overwhelming. Um, yeah, that, that's a great way to put it. Uh, Jameson, you've been covering this for a while. Anything standing out, just big picture before we dive into specifics, anything you've noticed this year that's just kind of different uh, from years past? I, I think we keep trending further and further into just comedy dominates. You know, after we saw Trump's election a few years ago, we saw a lot of serious ads taking on real issues. And that's just slowly been kind of dissipating over time the serious ads we'll have a few heartwarming ads that'll be for charity and you know have a strong message but overall everybody's going hard on comedy some much better than others well i thought it was interesting last year um although it necessarily wasn't one of our favorites um in terms of the adweek staff the number one usa today ad meter spots did, did do either of you remember what it was last year it's Rocket Mortgage, correct? Yeah, it was Rocket Mortgage. Um, very broad humor, uh, very just uh, joke-packed. You know, it was the, those really just kind of nonstop jokes, uh, and and it just clearly dominated. And I think a lot of folks are going to look at that. Because last year, to Jameson's point, the last few years have been like, I don't know, should we acknowledge uh, the nightmare hellscape that we've lived in for several years, or should we just give people a distraction uh, from the nightmare hellscape? And I think after last year, seeing what really resonated with people this year, they're going to be like, whatever, here's here's laughs. Here's celebrities, and they're funny, and they're doing our best. Shannon, what, what you think it's going to be all laughs, or do you think anybody's going to try to hold a mirror to the to the, <laughs> the dark realities of our times? No. No, we don't need any more of that. I, I can't imagine um, any brand really feeling like there is a stone unturned when it comes to really gazing at our current reality. That, I think, was left pretty heavily on the last Super Bowl. I think the focus this time is going to be about moving forward. I think that we're getting that from all sides, both within and outside of advertising of like, let's just keep going. And I think that advertising is really going to reflect that. And what better way to distract from everything than having celebrities hawk pie and you know shoelaces, whatever it is that they want to do. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think echoing Jameson here, it's going to be very comedy and celebrity heavy. Nice. I, I think, and we will definitely talk about some of our spots that some of the spots we're personally looking forward to, or that maybe we've even seen and that we really like. Um, I did want to talk briefly about a few things that are kind of new to this Super Bowl. Uh, for one, the price tag, price tag's new. It's $7 million per 30 Jesus. seconds. Uh, that went up 500,000 just in the time it took us to like cover this thing. Um, <laughs> They did sell out. So it's one of those, the, the first Super Bowl, just so you know, what was that, 1967, something like that, Jameson? Um, it, it, first Super Bowl is $40,000 for an ad spot. 
Um, and so I don't have the math in front of me, but it's gone up like 13,000%. <laughs> and I hate to break it to you, inflation has not gone up 13,000%. So it is a constantly, uh, a, a, even at a time when, you know, whether you call it linear TV or a, appointment TV or just, you know, watching TV in real time has kind of fallen by the wayside. Uh, this event still continues uh, to set new records every year. So current number is 7 million. Uh, and it comes at a time. NBCU is making in like one, in in less than one week, they're going to make $1.2 billion because they have the Super Bowl and they have Winter Olympics. And so it's, we have a great story in this, in this issue, the Super Bowl issue about how they're doing this uh, and just how much money uh, it's, it's pulling in instead of like the big, you, you, you all remember how like every year after the Super Bowl, there's usually some TV show that comes on right after, right? That's like mm-hmm. that network is really trying to hype. Um, I remember that's how I got, uh, you know, into Alias, like way back in the day is they kept hyping it nonstop in the Super Bowl. And then, so I watched it and then I was like, oh, I should go back and like get into this. And now I think it's one, one of my favorite shows ever. So it's a great vehicle to launch show. They're not doing that this time. Uh, they're going right into a winter Olympics coverage, uh, with some gold, with some gold medals, I think, uh, being handed out in, in certain categories that night. So read up Jason Lynch, our TV editor, really fantastic piece, uh, on the site and in the magazine about, uh, how, how NBCU is pulling in $1.2 billion. The other thing I just wanted to throw out, because I think it'll be interesting to hear how people react in the room, like in a party, is the crypto ads, right? Crypto's never been in the Super Bowl. There's never been a a crypto ad uh, in the Super Bowl. But uh, there will be this year. There'll be at least two. And it's a big moment for crypto, right? It's a bad moment in the sense that uh, depending which numbers you look at, uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, they're down 20 to 50%, uh, depending on when you kind of look back at. So as an investment, this is a hard time to tell people. Do y'all remember the, uh, the Matt Damon ads from like two, three months ago where he's like, he's like, you should invest in crypto because fortune favors the bold or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, <laughs> we, we embed a tweet in uh, one of our stories uh, that that is in this issue and, and online. We embed a tweet where someone's like, that's the same logic that a friend of mine used to convince me to jump off a railroad trestle into a, <laughs> into a river when I was in sixth grade. <laughs> it's like, hey, you might as well. Um, but crypto, yeah, it's coming at a bad time in terms of the value of these things, or I guess good time if you're a buy low, sell high, and you think it's going to go up. But then also just do mainstream Americans understand what is even being advertised? Mm-hmm. Will they get interested? Uh, we, we have a number in our coverage uh, that says something like 16% of Americans have actually done anything with NFTs, with actually paying money, with interacting with these crypto exchanges. Um, that's bigger than I thought, but it's still a tiny number, right? right. So I don't know. Do either of y'all think that... <sighs> That, that that is this a good use of money for these crypto companies and and will people watching be like maybe I should I, I think it's a good use of money I mean crypto is one of those categories that is most likely going to be around for a while it's only going to end up probably having a couple of dominant players in it so why not try to be one of those dominant players by establishing yourself in the Super Bowl and I have to say I I've seen uh, I've seen one of the ads. I've seen FTX. I can't say anything about it yet, but it is very good. I think people are going to be very happy with the celebrity in it. 
Uh, haven't seen crypto. I'm very skeptical, skeptical of what they're going to do since that Matt Damon ad was pretty much universally hated. Uh, so they've got a, they've got a big hill to climb for people to forget that that Matt Damon ad exists. Yeah. I, I think the, the thing that surprised me, we also have a piece, um, Again, in the magazine on the site, we have so much. I don't mean it's not like I'm plugging the magazine. We just have a lot of Super Bowl coverage in there. But Patrick mm-hmm. Culp, our emerging tech writer, really dug deep into NFTs and are marketers using them uh, with Super Bowl? The answer is kind of no. But it's interesting because what we kept hearing uh, generally, like anonymously, is agency people saying, oh, we pitched the hell out of NFT ideas to brands for the Super Bowl. They're just not ready. Like they all kind of said, like, that's... That's interesting. I, I don't I don't totally get it, which is where we are as a culture around NFTs, right? And so I think a lot of brands probably, the agencies probably did the right thing of, uh, of coming up with proactive ideas that would use these new things. Um, I just don't know. I haven't heard of any specific, but Patrick Culp gets into some, a lot of, not to say speculation, but just a lot of thinking among experts about how brands could use NFTs, how they could make them part of their marketing with Super Bowl. It's a great read. Uh, but kind of in the end, the answer was like, oh, oh, I mean, like, we're trying, we're trying to get brands to do stuff. And they just they'd rather invest elsewhere. I remember when social media was the same way, right? Like 10 years ago, it was hard to get well, I, mean, I don't know about 10. But you know, 15 years ago, it was hard to get brands to really commit to even including like any kind of social media in there. They were just like, oh, we'll run an ad. Mm-hmm. That'll be it. Um, but uh, other than that, I think in terms of new categories, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of change. I think it's going to be a lot of the same players. You're of course going to see PepsiCo and all there and the, uh, the between PepsiCo and Anheuser Busch. I mean, how many ads, Jameson? Any idea how many of those two alone account for as like parent companies? Uh, Anheuser Busch has six brands for four minutes and PepsiCo I think they actually only have a couple so but yeah yeah AB and Bev gets the gets everything yeah and PepsiCo's got the halftime Shannon I'm uh, I'm sure we've talked about this I'm pumped about the halftime it's like the first well, I don't know about the first there have been a few good halftime shows in the last few years um, but I, I'm I'm more excited about this one maybe because I'm, I'm a middle-aged a middle-aged person and this is kind of middle-aged music <laughs> Yeah, this is definitely a show for people of a certain age, Um, but it it has that widespread appeal because you're bringing in, you know, the the folks for us, like Snoop still bopping and and trucking as best as he can. And then you have Kendrick, who kind of like rounds out like the younger enthusiasts, and then everyone kind of exists in the middle. But the the this lineup the specific lineup is so good because it really does transcend generations none of these people have really like you can't really say that they've like gone too quiet i mean eminem dr dre snoop mary j blige kendrick lamar they've been working consistently for for decades so it's it's going to be exciting it's wild that this is the first time that these artists have been on the stage um, for the first time. And I mean, the way that PepsiCo is just throwing money at this between this and they launched a Super Bowl halftime show app, an app specifically (laughs) dedicated to this Super Bowl show, this halftime show, it's, it lends itself to a lot of excitement. 
Yeah. And I mean, it is funny. When I feel like Kendrick carrying the weight here. He's like pulling down the average age of the performers uh, by like 15, 20 years. <laughs> but, the, <laughs> but no, it really is like for, um, you know, for for lovers of the, the greatest era of hip hop, uh, the mm-hmm. 90s. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is it is an excellent time to watch the halftime show. I think we're going to get uh, no surprise here. We're going to get a lot of uh what would you call it like moral panic from certain audiences uh that seems to be every few years uh there is just this this uh I don't know. Like Yeah, no. There there will be complaints. There will definitely yeah. be complaints and threatened and threats to um boycott which you know as we can see now, have worked swimmingly. So, yeah, I, I doubt that um, that sect of football fanatics will will remain quiet. But um, I think it bolsters the fun for me, riling those folks up. So let it rip. I do think um, there will be, and this is, I admit that I have not remained as up to date on this, I know that there was a lot of talk about dancers that were, there was a call for volunteers. And so there's a lot of discussion about the Super Bowl show and why it's asking for volunteers when there's no shortage of funds, I can imagine, to pay these artists. So I think there's going to be a lot of attention to that and how they're going to rectify that. Um, but otherwise, it is a show to watch, definitely. Well, I learned something uh, from Adweek, uh, from our d- beloved colleague, Robert Clara, who's kind of the Adweek uh, unofficial historian of all things branding. He wrote a really excellent piece about the history of the halftime show. And I did not know this until reading this for all the Super Bowls I've covered. Uh, halftime performers are not paid. Mm. How yeah. wild is that? Like Michael Jackson, unpaid. Uh, that I don't know why that tradition started, if there is some like weird legal thing. Um, but obviously a lot of money changes hands, PepsiCo or whoever, uh, dumps a lot of money into this thing, I assume just to put it on and to sponsor it. But -hmm. I thought that was wild. I don't know. Just the idea of all these A-listers every single year, um, and, and then occasionally like Maroon 5, you know, that, that they they don't get paid, um, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, that so great read if you pick it up. And, and basically he talks about how the Michael Jackson performance kind of changed everything about the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl halftime show has the weirdest history. Like the first one ever, the performers were a marching band. Um, <laughs> at one point, like many years later, they had an Elvis impersonator doing card tricks. Like it's really weird. And then at some point, um, the, the, the band or group or whatever up with people performed like multiple times. And then finally one day they were just like, how about Michael Jackson? And, and Robert tells this great story about how what happened was in living color happened, which is, is again, wow. going back to. Uh, to my my childhood and the important cultural moments thereof, that basically um, when there was a really mediocre halftime performance, which they almost all were, uh, like Fox did a big blitz of, hey, you should watch In Living Color, and everyone flipped over and watched that. And so the network was like, oh, we can't let that happen again. Let, we got to go big. So they brought in Michael Jackson. Incredible. <laughs> the, next, the next year. Uh, so... Once again, the enduring influence of In Living Color <laughs> arises in, <laughs> in different ways. Amazing. Uh, 
But um, so halftime show is going to be great. Now, okay, let's talk about the ads. We're excited about Jameson. Uh, is there an ad that you think that we've seen already that you can talk about that you think is going to be kind of a, a runaway crowd favorite? It's, I mean, it's got to be Lay's. I, if that doesn't finish in the top three of the USA Today ad meter, I would be pretty shocked. I mean, uh, Paul Rudd is one of the most beloved celebrities, I feel like, out there right now. And he's got incredible chemistry with Seth Rogen, who people also generally like. Uh, and they just, it's a montage ad. It's a clips ad, which I think is generally the best format for Super Bowl ads these days. And it just, every single joke, every single montage they come up with or clip in that montage nails it. And so that's, that's easily, I think, going to be one of the easiest picks to make as a top ad on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, I'm also really looking forward to Taco Bell with Doja Cat. Uh, she was so good in a non-Super Bowl ad for Pepsi last year that I feel like that's a very winning combination with Taco Bell. Uh, Squarespace should be interesting with Zendaya. Uh, she's selling she sells by the shore. Uh, nice little tongue twister that gets into a headline from a uh, podcast favorite, Emmy Lederman. Uh, so yeah, I think those, those are a few, few good ones to be on the look for. And as I mentioned before, FTX, uh, is a very good one. Seeing that, seeing that cut planet fitness also very good with Lindsay Lohan. It's her first Super Bowl ad since she did an insurance ad, which was yeah, pretty good back in 2015. Yeah. I think last time they made fun of her, uh, you know, I don't remember now if she had just had like driving arrests or whatever, but she was just like a bad driver pulling up to a car carpool pickup. What, what's the, do we know the, the theme and everything? I haven't watched it if it's out yet. Uh, it's just, she's like, she's found, well, Shannon, you can tell it. You've wrote the story. Well, um, for the Planet Fitness ad, it's just talking about um, how she's basically been reformed through exercise and how it's just um, made her, a more attentive, more responsible, and just an overall um, more well-situated person mentally. It does take the, it's part of the Feeling Fitacular campaign that um, the brand is, has worked on with its newest AOR um, publicist. It is interesting because it definitely doesn't shy away from the things that we know about Lindsay. So like, it definitely references the DUIs. It definitely refers, um, references the past party behavior, but I think it does so in a way that um, champions her, like champions her growth. So it's really, really interesting. Um, so it's like, a it's like a mix of self-deprecating humor and like that sort of Phoenix rising from the ashes story. It, it's, it's fascinating. And it's definitely a new direction for, uh, for Planet Fitness, who is having their first showing at the Super Bowl and um, is going in a more celebrity-heavy direction. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. I thought it was well done. Probably one of my favorites that we've seen. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? 
Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be. To be. That's hard. I mean, heck, 15 years ago, I probably would have likened uh, Robert Downey Jr. to kind of uh, the, where folks like Lindsay Lohan end up of having this r- rough period that kind of defines them. Mm-hmm. And then, and see, so you never know. You never know, like, when they can come back um, uh, th- and and become, like, the biggest name. Like, he wasn't, I, I read some stat the other day that Robert Downey Jr. wasn't even the highest paid actor in Iron Man. <laughs> your oh, own. Your own breakout role. Um, but, uh, you know, so you never know. I, it's, I know it's a weird comparison, but it did make me realize, like, yeah, people can come back. People can, can mm-hmm. you know, have this real real interesting second act. And sometimes it's things like this that, that kick it off. Uh, we have uh, – I did an interview with the copywriter who created the Betty White uh, Snickers ad. Uh, and it's 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 in our print edition. Um, and basically he said that – you know, that they kind of picked her, even though she had not been famous for 20 years. You know, she hadn't been on Golden Girls in 20 years. She hadn't really had another starring role. She popped up and stuff. But mm-hmm. they were just like, oh, we need someone who's like grandmotherly, but also beloved and hilarious and that no one would want to see getting tackled into the mud. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, he said that, you know, um, that she really credited that ad with this whole new act of her career, which of course led all the way up to, to her death. You know, she remained beloved and, and sought after and really popular all the way up until when she, she died just shy of her 100th birthday in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, you just, you never know. Super Bowl ads can really have an, an impact that, that none of us see coming. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, but but I, I didn't mean to cut off Jameson. Were there any other spots you wanted to kind of make sure people watch for? You know, one of the more interesting ones was is Wallbox, which is a EV charging station. They've got an extended cut that is absolutely fantastic, but their ad buy is only 15 seconds. And I have oh, no I idea how they're going to cut this thing down to be 15 seconds because the whole premise is about a guy who got struck by lightning in real life and isn't afraid of electricity. I don't know how you tell that part of the story, do a joke or two, and then get to the meaning of the ad all in 15 seconds. But hey, maybe they'll surprise me, but at least go watch the extended cut because it is very good. Mm-hmm. I always feel like that's a PR play when, you know, it's just like you you pay for what you can afford, what you can get, and then you just, uh, you know, you hope that you get enough coverage <laughs> to make it worthwhile because those 15s. You blink and they're over by the time you even understand what the brand is. And honestly, most times you don't understand what the brand was because there's just so much chaos during the Super Bowl and and you're Mm -hmm. lucky to even understand what something was. I always think it's interesting to wait a a few minutes and then ask the people watching with me if they remember what an ad was for. (laughs) 
like <laughs> nine times out of ten, no. Uh, but um, yeah, there's uh, it's we we're keeping a, a ad tracker. Uh, if you Google Ad Week Super Bowl ad tracker. Uh, we're keeping all these ads in one place for you. It's pretty convenient, so you you can check that out if you're having trouble. Or hey, if you just want to be surprised, uh, you can just tune in. Uh, that's a lot of folks I find kind of embargo themselves away from uh, from seeing any ads. It's hard to do. I I did. I will say that the Lay's spot is the first ad I've truly. I'm not say I don't know about first. It's one of the few ads I've truly loved in recent years, and mm. I I like Paul Rudd. I'm neutral on Seth Rogen, um, but I love the ad. It's just it goes places, and and even my kids were pointing out like there's some subtlety I won't give away for those who haven't seen it. Um, the characters who kind of pop up very quickly come back later, in just mm. in the background. I just love stuff like that where they're just like obviously it's a very storyboarded, very planned mm-hmm. uh, spot, and you know you would think more brands would do that kind of thing. In the yeah. world, but. And I think what's interesting about it is High Dive is behind that ad. And High Dive yeah. has very quickly established a formula that works. They did the Bill Murray ad, which is a bunch of clips around a central premise. Rocket Mortgage last year won the ad meter, bunch of clips around a central premise. Lays, bunch of clips around a central premise. <laughs> Every year they're towards the top of the ad meter. I think they found a formula that has worked. <laughs> Yeah, that's the agency founded by some some veterans who I think realized uh, that you could just kind of go with it. Uh, they also put obviously a lot of work. The Bill Murray Jeep ad famously required a whole lot of hustle uh, to make that happen and, and was shockingly last minute, as these ads often are. Um, but uh, yeah, at this point, I haven't seen one. I don't think Budweiser uh, is going to go over. Um you know, Budweiser's always kind of hit or miss with these Clydesdale things. I think there's certain people who just see horses, see dogs. They're like, they're happy. They're like, oh, it's good to see those back. Uh, the premise this time around is the horse breaks its leg, basically. And then, I don't know, the dog cheers it on to recovery. I... As our colleague Molly K. Helene, who has been riding horses for 20-some years, has pointed out, horses who break their legs basically never take another step. So it's a bold move by Budweiser to <laughs> go that route. Yeah, I, I probably shouldn't admit this, but I, I wrote an ad once about goat farmer about yeah goat farmers for a for a culinary campaign, and the copy I wrote about their diet about just like these goats are raised on the finest whatever. I got so many angry letters. Our uh, William we and the client did about that. That is not what goats eat. <laughs> and I mean, like I don't mean like they were correcting me. I mean like they were viscerally angry. Um, and I got so many. So I can't imagine. Every time I see something like that, I'm like, oh, the, the horse ranchers are going <laughs> to come back. Don't set up false expectations that a dog and a horse can. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't I don't see it being a home run. Um, but yeah. uh, Wyden and Kennedy, let's just talk about there. There's a handful of agencies that are all over the place. Wyden and Kennedy, of course, in recent years has uh, been a a major player, uh, largely through their Anheuser-Busch uh, and, and TurboTax. Uh, is TurboTax even back this year? They are. They're always back. It's yeah. tax time. Good point. Yeah. And they're they're always fine. Um, the uh, but uh, Jameson, what can you tell us about the the handful of agencies that are uh, kind of knocking out multiple spots this year? Yeah, why didn't why didn't have them publicly announced everything? But I mean, overall, they've got like some probably four minutes of airtime in the game and uh, a little bit pregame as well. So. You're going to get like six minutes of widen time between 
pregame and the actual Super Bowl. Uh, GSP has a couple ads. Uh, Anomaly's got a couple ads. VaynerMedia has a few ads. They're probably the ones that show up the most in the game. I think they're the only ones with, with multiple ads as of now. High Dive might end up with multiple ads. They typically do Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage usually doesn't announce before the game. Their CMO is a firm believer to share nothing pregame. So assuming Rocket Mortgage shows up again, I'm guessing High Dive will have multiple ads. All right. Well, uh, we should probably wrap up because there is a lot more we could be talking about, but I want to save some surprises. Uh, and uh, check out our Super Bowl issue. Like I said, so, so absolutely packed. We didn't even get into Amazon spot. I just realized, like, uh, mm-hmm. we have an entire exclusive about Amazon's ad starring uh, Scarlett Johansson and her husband, her real-life husband, Colin Jost, uh, from Saturday Night Live. Uh, it's it's a really good read. I think a lot of people will just watch the ad and be like, oh, that's funny. And it is. It's funny. Um, I, I won't say that they're the most charismatic on-screen presence I've ever seen, but um, the what really works, and, and Lisa Lacey, our colleague, gets into this in her interviews with Amazon and the agency Lucky Generals that's behind it, is that this is a couple you really haven't seen. Right. You, you, you don't see this is not it's like we have a part in there where someone calls it the anti benefer It's like you're not seeing a lot of uh, tabloid photos of Scarlett Johansson and Colin Josh. You're not seeing pictures of them or them doing stuff together. And so they're just kind of new. It's kind of a lot of people probably don't. They, I think they only got married in 2020. Um, but uh, so it's kind of a new dynamic, a new relationship. The ad is basically about if Alexa were psychic and how bad that would be. Uh, so props to Amazon uh, for, again, making fun of itself. I love the fact that every year Amazon's like, look how nightmarish and relationship ending our products could be. We just <laughs> just don't <laughs> let them get there. Uh, but uh, and they they continue to obviously really step it up with the uh, mega celebrities. Um, it, it's a good spot. I, I don't know if it'll have quite the impact that Michael B. Jordan's uh, spot last year did did very, very well. Um, I, I don't know if this one will land quite that successfully, but it is it's good. It's uh, So it's a fun watch. And we got, like I said, great story on that one. Lots more, so much more uh, in the print issue. Um, so check that out. Check out the website. And of course, join in the fun. Super Bowl Sunday. Come find us. Uh, all of us are going to be active on Twitter. Uh, we're, uh, Adweek's going to be going nuts on Twitter and uh, Instagram and probably TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, jump in with us. Uh, we're going to have real-time polls on Instagram, so kind of keep an eye on your stories on there if you follow us, as you should. And, uh, and yeah, just just uh, tell us what you think of the ads, and we will uh, do our best to kind of keep an eye on everything. It's fun, man. I've never seen my columns, like my twi- my tweets uh, not my personal ones, of course, but like just the speed with which Twitter is spiraling on um, Super Bowl Sunday is just hilarious to me. I just love seeing so many people caring about ads as much as we care about ads every other day of the year. <laughs> <laughs> it's like our one day, our one day to shine. Um, so look forward to seeing everyone there. Uh, James and Shannon, uh, thanks so much for joining. Thanks for all your hard work uh, and, and from your teams covering the Super Bowl this year. Thanks for having us. Um, I do want to give a very quick shout out to Maroon 5. I was a Maroon 5 lifer in college. That has waned, but a a shadow of my love remains. So my co-host earlier shade is <laughs> not a reflection of of me. Thank you. They did perform, right? I'm not making am I making that up? 
No, they did, and it was awful. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I maybe some it was of a us, fever dream. <laughs> some of us recently listened to songs about Jane, and that soft spot has has grown just a touch softer. So, just, uh, I find myself thinking a lot about the weekend performance last year. I remember at the time I was kind of just trying to wrap my head around it, but like. I really thought they did a great job with uh, with building something that was kind of pandemic friendly, like everyone's wearing masks, but for a reason. I don't know. Um, it was fun, and it made yeah. for it made for some great memes <laughs> that, right. are, that are still valid. And uh, yeah, so I I I'm, I think this year is going to be a much more. I don't think you're going to get a whole lot of memes out of this because it's just so many people. It's just so many performers yeah. packed into one place. Um, there, it's going to be one of those things where they play like 15 seconds of every song you love. Um, and then, and then they just yell, yeah, a few times and transition to the next song. I don't know. That's my prediction, but yeah. I'm still going to be riveted. Uh, so, all right. Uh, we will see everyone on Super Bowl Sunday. We will be back with a special episode dropping, uh, as fast after the Super Bowl as we physically can to share our thoughts on it. Uh, we will be tired, but we will be here. And uh, mm-hmm. drop us a note at podcast at adweek.com. That's podcast at adweek.com. Let us know what you're going to be looking forward to and uh, yeah, your thoughts on this year's Super Bowl. Our theme music is by Home. This week's episode was produced by Al Manorino and edited by Lane McGibney. Uh, if you've not already, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Those reviews mean a lot to us personally, and they help new listeners discover the show. For Adweek, I'm David Greiner, and we will be back soon, Super Bowl soon. Talk to you then. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.